on this week's episode of the XI Network podcast, the lads are back after a holiday break looking at the English Premier League where they assess Jose Mourinho's time so far at Spurs, Mikel Arteta's time with Arsenal, and look at what's going wrong with Man United. All that and more coming up on the XI Network podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the XI Network podcast. I'm your host, Justin Borrow, and with me today, back again in 2020, is Peter Robinson. I can't believe it's 2020. This is unreal. I know. Happy New Year, buddy. I know. It's a new decade. Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy half Premier League season, I guess you could say. Yes, we're halfway through, yeah. New MLS year. Yeah, winter transfer market. It's been a barn burner so far. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that. But yeah, it's been a barn burner so far. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, MLS season starts soon. Too soon. It's yep. going to be, because uh, I believe it starts in February this year, if I'm correct. Yeah, MLS is already gouging me for tickets. So yep. uh, yeah, I already feel it. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait. Well, I can't wait to get I back. I know. So. I can't wait either. So. Uh, but that's a, a whole hol- other episode, so let's not worry about that. Did you have a good holiday? Speaking of holiday, <laughs> um, it was all right. It wasn't too bad. Um, very low-key this year, actually, so a little bit different than years past, but uh, it was all right. How about yours? Yeah, it was the same. I mean, you know, didn't do too much. Uh, saw a lot of family, but uh, very low-key this year. My my sister got engaged. Um, Congratulations. She, yes, she got engaged this year. Uh, earlier this year but um so she was kind of you know with her fiance's family for a big chunk of it which was different from years past where she was usually uh you know spent the whole day with my family so um there actually came a bit of a a moment where i was actually by myself on christmas day um everybody kind of left my dad's house so what we usually do is we go in the morning uh, we'll have breakfast so like we'll do gifts and things like that and then we all kind of just hang out all day but because everybody had you know other families and things to go to uh, everyone kind of left in the morning around 11 o'clock and then I got to a point where I was literally sitting at my dad's kitchen table by myself and I'm like where the hell is everybody <laughs> and uh, I was alone until about three o'clock so uh, yeah very very low-key Christmas but um, you know it, it was good nonetheless uh, being a teacher you know it's nice to have two and a half weeks off to just sort of relax and uh you know watch a lot of footy and you know we we were on a bit of a hiatus there we took a bit of a holiday break uh since you know as you guys may not know but we're kind of in the middle of revamping xi network and trying to sort of you know we're bringing in a new person for social media and and for the website and uh we're we're possibly looking to bring in a third host uh and so you know there's just been a lot of things happening sort of behind the scenes but uh it was nice to have the break and uh, i'm glad to be back with you buddy I am also glad to be back with you. It seemed like way too long. I remember just like sitting there over the holidays, just being like, there's so much happening in the Premier League right now. There's so much happening in in the footy world. And I just want to talk to Justin about it. And I know we have our, our chat ongoing all the time, but it just isn't the same. No, it's not the same. And uh, I was also doing a show. Uh, so I was uh, in Little Mermaid, uh, which just ended last weekend. Uh, and that was also a part of the hiatus was just having, you know, when you're in a show, two two shows per day, 
uh, 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. You know, you don't really have a lot of time to get behind the microphone. But so and I was the same way, you know, every time I watched a match, I wanted to, to get it right behind the microphone and start recording. So uh, it's not been fun being away, but I think that we got a lot of, you know, um, good things started and I'm excited to see what 2020 brings for us. Cause I mean, let's be honest, it's technically been about a year since we started this podcast, uh, last January. Oh, it's true. That's weird to say, but yeah, it's been about a year. Um, you know, but I'm glad that we got the, uh, snowball rolling, um, on some for new sure. things for 2020. Um, I just want to shout out some quick injury news. I know this is maybe an injury that we're not going to talk about because it's not Premier League related, but it is uh, Vancouver adult soccer related. Um, My brother, Matt Robinson, actually, he uh, ruptured his Achilles playing men's league uh, about a month ago. So he had surgery. He was uh, a pirate for a little while. (laughs) He had this like little contraption that he could still walk around on with like his knee. And he looked like a pirate. It was hilarious. Um, but regardless, I think he's in a walking boot now. So he got surgery and everything. He'll he'll be fine. So um, let's hope that, uh, you know, Matt is able to return to the field at some point. I tell him he's getting too old, but, you know, you're never too old. <laughs> hey, well, sending out... Uh sending out best wishes to your brother there because that would not be fun but I, I know you're talking about that weird little contraption where you kind of walk on your knee and it like gives you a leg so you don't oh, have it was, pressure it's so on your funny foot, right yeah <clears throat> every time i saw him i was like hey you gonna go hunt for davy jones locker <laughs> yeah where's jack sparrow so I was just looking, um, our, our one year anniversary will be January the 15th. So we will have to make sure that on January 15th, we do a pod or release something as a little birthday to XI network because it's been Aww. 365 days, man. We're almost there. Wow. Yeah. Nine, it's, nine days from now. If so, you got I mean, cold feet, now's the time to get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're in it now, man. We're in it to win it at this point. Yeah. All right, let's get All into right, this. Let's get into the nitty gritty <laughs> Premier League stuff. I don't know. So man. the Premier League is now in full swing. Uh, the last time you and I were behind the mic talking, we were looking at um, you know Pochettino out, Jose Mourinho in, and that was you know back in November. Um, so I mean, you know, now it's our chance to kind of, uh, kind of assess where Spurs are at right now with Mourinho. There's been some positive signs. The team has looked a little bit revitalized. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know if, if enough has been done, um, to, you know, warrant such a big change. Uh, but I mean, you are the Spurs expert. So what, uh, what are your thoughts so far on, on what you've seen? Um, I don't like it. I think it's been a much of the same. I don't really see the huge revitalization that a lot of players or a lot of people have been talking about. Sure, Deli Alley had a couple good games to start off the Mourinho era, but I mean, Serge Aurier is still going out there being Serge Aurier. Um, all the Spurs fans know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. He's a walking red card. He scored an own goal two games ago. It's it's just been a lot of. Uh, a lot of disgusting play, let's put it that way. Um, and now, obviously, we've got the uh, the Harry Kane torn hamstring, which uh, you know, if if you want to uh, if you want to rain on Spurs parade anymore, that's the best way to do it. Uh, take that, out, yeah, that out didn't our talisman, look, that did you know. Not look... No, it didn't look good. And then, obviously, you had um, this is a Euro Cup year. So at least it happened in January, but at the same time, hamstrings are finicky and you never know when you're going to come back from them. So uh, 
ah man jose Mourinho. trying to find like trying to look at southampton's tactics of all places (laughs) like southampton i know they're on a run right now but like dude you've won a champions league like you you got to be better than that I think that's just stupid. That's just a sideshow that I knew Jose Mourinho was going to bring this. I knew that it was just going to be, it, it's kind of become the Jose Mourinho show at Spurs. And I don't really like that. I don't think the manager should be bigger than the team or bigger than the players on the squad. Um, yeah, let's just say he really hasn't left a good impression with me to start off. Well, that's the thing too, right? Is that, I mean, <clears throat> sorry, I'm very phlegmy today. Um, is that, you know, the Marine, and this is what we talked about, I think back when we did the, you know, the Mary Spurs miss episode where we discussed Mourinho coming in, you know, we said that at the end of the day, you know, Mourinho is a massive sideshow. That's what he is. Um, you know, he likes to create a bit of a circus. He likes to, to do things that gets people talking and, and what he did against Southampton was exactly that, you know, he goes out, gets a yellow card for looking at their tactics and then, you know, makes a comment about, you know, uh, that he was, uh, he was rude to an idiot. Uh, whether he was talking about, you know, Hassan Hoodle or he was talking about the ref, who knows. But uh, it's just, you know, that it, it just turns into this sideshow. And, and I feel like, you know, Spurs were kind of not looking great. And like you said, like they've kind of been inconsistent. And uh, like I there has been some revitalization. Like you, you've seen some positive signs from some players that weren't really gelling under Poch. But for the most part, I mean, in, when it comes to results, the team isn't, you know, pulling out anything great they're kind of right in the same area they've been in um and so i feel like when that kind of when those things start happening then that's when Mourinho pulls out the sideshow antics because it takes the conversation away from the way that the team is playing but as a team and as as a fan of the team i'm assuming that you wouldn't you don't you, you don't want those kind of things you want the focus to be on the team and how the team can be better uh and i and i i said from the start that i don't think Mourinho is the right person for the job for those reasons because i saw him at united you know as a united fan i i watched him use those sideshow antics to try and distract from the football that was being played and it didn't end well for him or for our team because we we were in shambles and we continued to be in shambles um and yeah it's it's not pretty and i think you're you're on the right track there when you're saying that you know manchester united is still in shambles after his his uh, reign as United manager. And obviously that has to do with Louis van Hall as well, but, um, and the, and the uh, buys that they made. But I, I really think that if you're Daniel Levy, you can't really give Mourinho a lot of money to spend uh, in January or in the summer, because realistically he doesn't have the best track record. Let's be honest of buying players. He's sort of inherited teams that have been really good. And that's how he's sort of, um, I mean, that, that Porto team was pretty good, but um, he's inherited teams that have been good. I don't really see him as the transfer market guru um, that I think Spurs need. They need they needed someone like Pochettino earlier, um, you know, earlier in Pochettino's reign where he was making these genius buys and everyone seemed to be working out. For the most part, everyone seemed to be working out. Um, I, I really think that that Levy needs to look long-term when it comes to the next manager. I don't think that Mourinho is going to be the manager long-term. So, you know, when Nagelsmann's name was brought up, I, I really thought that that would be a good one for the future. He's a young manager. He's a different way of thinking about football. And obviously he's, he's bought well for that Leipzig team. I really thought that he would have been a good manager, but um, I guess they just couldn't get it done. And that seems to be a Spurs thing. You know, they just can't finish. 
<laughs> with the Dabala thing this year with the Premier League, everything. You know what? I would probably give like, I'd probably give like my let's say left nipple, um, to have Mourinho out as manager. It's a pretty good deal. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was like, which which of the ones don't I like that much? I was like, I don't know. Maybe the left. You one. You had a thing. Left, right, left, right. <laughs> yeah, and I chose the left one. I gave the left one. It, it's. It, it you know it, and as a, as a football fan it, it does suck because you know as much as like I'm not invested in Spurs uh you know doing this podcast and just being a footy fan in general you're kind of invested in the sport and you know I just I don't like what Mourinho brings to the sport you know and the thing is that I used to enjoy some of his sideshow antics I think they were funny I used to kind of you know it was a fun thing to look at on Twitter the next morning but you know it 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 kind of just takes away from what the sport is meant to be right it, it makes it into a a joke and, and you don't want that for any sport that you're a fan of um you know you want it to be about the quality and and like you said um Mourinho is not the the transfer market genius the teams that he has done well with right you look back to Chelsea you look back to you know Porto yeah these teams were already you know they were already built. They were already ready to go. He just kind of came in and fine-tuned it uh, and was able to sort of drive it, you know, to, to, to championships, which is great. And it obviously takes a, a special kind of manager to be able to do that. But like you said, what Spurs need is somebody who can come in and, and really sort of, you know, utilize the transfer market to build a team that is long lasting and that in the end is going to be successful and win trophies because and we've said this before on the podcast, that's where Spurs lack the most is this this inability to win any trophies. And and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And we said this before, it doesn't matter what kind of trophy it is at this point, just win something, you know, because yeah, there's it's... all this talk about how they're a great team and they, they have all these world-class players. And yeah, they do. But if you don't have anything in your trophy case to show for it, then it means nothing. And these players are aging and they're going to continue to age. And the, the, what happens is that when these world-class players age out and, and get to get past their prime, well, then Spurs have nothing left. And you're going to be back to square one where you're a middle-of-the-pack team that are, you know, praying to kind of stay in that that position, right? And you need to sort of to continue to build now so that when these players start to age out, you know, you have players in the reserves and, and who are coming up in the youth academy, you know, who can take over for these 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 superstars, so, you know, you have to look long-term. And I feel like that's, you know, the one place where Daniel Levy has, um, you know, not been been great. And, and picking up Mourinho was definitely not a long-term thing. I think that was a, a short-term fix. It was, we have a pretty decent team here. We made the Champions League final. We need a manager who can come in and just sort of, you know, direct us towards a championship again. And I, I guess they, they saw Mourinho as that person, but yeah, he's not a, he's not a long term manager. I don't, I don't think that there's any longevity with him. And you know, I'm saying that before the end of his contract, I think you're going to see him gone. Um, well, I think you're right when you say that um, he's directing them towards a championship. Uh, it's towards the English Championship, um, as opposed to staying in the Premier League. Um, so we'll definitely see what happens there. But I have a story for you. Ooh, let's hear it starts once upon a time there was a football club called tottenham hotspur they were the favorite club of a man named peter robinson they were so close to champions league glory and then fucked it up the following season and sacked their manager now an evil mercenary named jose Mourinho has taken over and is running the club into the ground 
and this story is ongoing. So um, maybe we'll have part two next week. You never know. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. Oh, man. When, when did you write that? I want to know. I uh, wrote that about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> no, longer. We've been <laughs> recording gonna, for 10 minutes. I was going to I was, I was say, we have a bit of a hiatus here. So uh, we had, we had yeah. a, what, a, a month and a half hiatus. So, I mean, you had lots of time to come up with those few sentences there. So Yeah, but it was actually about 20 minutes ago. So, you know. Oh, perfect. Well, that's even better. So. All right. Well, well, let's talk about another new manager who's come in. So there's been a few, um, there's been a few changes around the, the the Premier League since we've been gone. Uh, Jose Mourinho was first, and then you know you had Mikel Arteta come in at Arsenal uh, in replacement of uh, Unai Emery, who we we talked about time and time again, who just wasn't working at Arsenal. Um, and it seems like you know when Arteta came in. Um, Nothing really changed. Arsenal were still dropping points. They still couldn't win any games. Um, they were they were still struggling. It, it seemed like really nothing had changed until they played United. Um, and of course, leave it to United to let <laughs> Arsenal look like gods, walk all over us, and uh, you know finally come away with a two 0 victory. Um, but so far, it, it just it seems like the the manager may not have been the problem at Arsenal. I think there's a much deeper seated issue. And I think that we've talked about it before as well with the, you know, issues regarding identity of the club and, and the type of football they want to play. Um, but I just, uh, from what I've been seeing, it, it seems like the issue is much more deep, deep, deeper rooted than, you know, just in the manager. Uh, and I, I'm not sure, you know, if, if Mikel Arteta has the answer um, or I don't even know what the answer is, to be honest, but it, it just seems like Arsenal has a long way from, you know, getting back on that track of being a, a top four side. I mean, I think the uh, best case scenario for Arsenal is just to pack it up. Just pack it up. Don't be, don't be a club anymore. Um, you know, just, uh, <laughs> just give it up and, uh, you know, just don't, don't play anymore. That's number one. Uh, no, you don't... <sighs> Arsenal's another one of those teams that's kind of suffering from an identity issue. Um, it, I think it's good that they brought in Mikel Arteta. I think he's been le- learning under Pep, which is also a good thing. Um, and he's sort of a club legend when you think about it at Arsenal. So, um, you know, I think it was actually a good signing as opposed to Jose Mourinho at Spurs. I think that that was kind of a... Um, like I said, mercenary signing that was a snap decision. Um, I do think that bringing Arteta was a good idea. Is he yeah, going to be able to change things? I don't know. He's going to have to change the players, number one, because the players there don't want to play for the shirt, and that's a big issue. Um, you know, I, I'm sure maybe we'll be able to get Andre on here again to talk about Arsenal a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I don't think that they play for the shirt. We saw that in Granite Jacka, you know mouthing off to the fans and now he's gone so um yeah we'll uh we'll see what happens with them yeah and i mean i i agree with you in the sense that you know i think he was he was a good manager to bring in but the point i was trying to make was that i i think you touched on it there was that the the issue that arsenal faces is a lot more you know deep deep rooted than than just the manager. It wasn't just the fact that Unai Emery didn't have control of the locker room anymore and didn't have any ideas. It was, it's a much 
bigger issue. And I think the issue does lie with the players first and foremost. Um, but there's this sort of this toxicity around the club at Arsenal right now. You know, the fans aren't happy. The players aren't happy. There's there's no cohesion. Uh, and when you when you have no cohesion, you don't really have a club atmosphere or a team atmosphere. You kind of lack that that team spirit. Uh, and without it, I mean, your your team is just there's nowhere that you can really go because you can't build any momentum because the fans don't trust in you. Therefore, they're not giving you their all. You know, the players don't trust in themselves. And so they're not giving their all. And in the end, what you end up with is what we're seeing now with Arsenal. <laughs> I just dropped my phone. Um, yeah, honestly, it's, I don't know. It's to a point where um, they need an overhaul. They just need to, you know, take all the players that are toxic to the club you, should t- you know what? Take a Twitter poll. Which players would you like to see? Uh, uh, Arsenal Fan TV. That's what they should do. Which players yes. would you like to see transferred out in January? And then whatever players people say, just get rid of them. I mean... It, the whole club would be gone. <laughs> do I know? And the manager, I think, would be gone too. I, I think it starts with the chairman, first off. I don't think they like the chairman. And then, um, you know, obviously... Uh, from there, you move on to the players. But when you look at the Arsenal team, they spent all this money on, uh, you know, on Lacazette and Aubameyang. Like, okay, they're cool, but this this Nicolas Pepe guy is not really working out. You know, they thought that he's going to be the savior of Arsenal. He's going to score so many goals. He's going to set up so many goals for Aubameyang. Uh, and it's just not happening. He just isn't transferring to the Premier League well. And... I mean, it's kind of been a history of, of Arsenal. They have like one or two diamonds in the rough that they end up signing, but it, usually it doesn't work out very well. Um, so I yeah. think they're another team that, that needs someone who's a little bit more crafty in the transfer market, and they haven't been able to find that yet. Who knows? Maybe Mikel Arteta is going to use some Pep Guardiola um, you know, secret underground tunnel to get to some good signings. But you know, I, it's, it's going to be a long, long way back for them long way back for spurs long way back for united um yeah how the mighty have fallen let's say that yeah it's not going to be a long way back for liverpool though and we'll get to that in a second uh because they are just full steam ahead right now um <clears throat> that's an understatement yeah uh i mean at this point it's theirs to lose so we're gonna see what happens but it's it's looking pretty pretty promising for them right now which you know and as a united fan it kills me to say but uh, good for them. You know, they, they've worked for it and, uh, you know, um, you can't take away the, um, you know, you can't take away the effort that's been put into that club. And, and, you know, Jurgen Klopp is, is a phenomenal manager. You think he's one of the best in the world. And so, um, you know, you, you can't, you, know, you gotta give credit where credit's due. Um, but <laughs> where credit is not going to be given is to, you know, the team that I hold near and dear to my heart, uh, United, Manchester United, I don't know what's happening. I'm just, I'm losing faith in the club. Um, it just seems like nothing's working. You know, I, I, I really wanted uh, Ole to be the answer. Uh, I really like him. He's a club legend. He's, you know, he's just an all-around good guy. You know, you can't not like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Let's be honest. Like, just you look at him, you hear him talk. He just, he's one of those guys that you just can't, you, there's there's managers out there that you love to hate and they love to be hated and i just feel like you know 
Ollie's one of those guys you just you, you almost feel bad for him because well, yeah, because he really, looks like a baby. <clears throat> Every single time he does a press conference, I think he's gonna break out in tears. <laughs> he does, and like I mean, you know, he he came from what was the Norwegian league? Molda. Um, is that yeah, where he came Molda, from? Yeah, Mol- yeah, Molda or whatever. Um, you know, and and you know, here he is taking on his dream job, and I mean, you're rooting for the guy, and it just unfortunately is just there's something wrong with the club, and and I don't know what it is, but you and I were talking about it before the mics were turned on. You know, Pep Guardiola said that um, he would have never manage United, even if it was the only offer out there. If he had no other offers, he wouldn't take the job. Now, I mean, you know, money talks. So whether or not he would. Uh, I've heard players say that before too. I'll never play for this team. And then you know, when the when the when the offer comes knocking, they're they're really quick to go when the money's right. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Kyle Walker. <coughs> Sorry. Soul Campbell. And uh, yeah. Um, but you know, it's just I, I'm I'm just losing faith in the in the, the club right now. I mean, they just there nothing seems to be working. You know, we're constantly flipping formations. We're constantly flipping. You know. Um, you know, starting 11, we're, we're trying the youth squad. We're trying to bring in some of the veterans We're, you know, we're, we're moving Rashford from the center to the wing and, and, you know, we're bringing in Martial and we're, we're just, everything that we're trying is just not working. And, and it just seems like when the team goes out there, you're, and you expect them to, to just sort of dominate. And what you get is this flat footed, it's almost like they forget how to play football. They, they forget what this club stands for. They forget what this club has done. They forget the hit. Sometimes they forget the history of the club and, and the team that you see on the pitch, it's sometimes hard to believe is Manchester United. And sometimes even when I'm watching it, I think to myself, what the hell is happening to this team? Um, and and I, I don't really know what the answer is. I, you know, we, we thought it was Mourinho and we got rid of Mourinho and we brought in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and there was this really brief, you know, 14 game momentum run of of brilliance and we thought oh yes here it is we're back and everything just kind of collapsed on itself and we're right back to being you know just this mediocre club that you know just so happens to be sitting in fifth right now but really is undeserving of that position I think um you know it's just the way the table's fallen but they there's something fundamentally wrong with Manchester United, and I'm not 100% sure what it is, but it's as a fan, it is the most frustrating thing in the world. I'd like to read you a couple results <clears throat> from this season, and then you let me know how you feel about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. First game of the season, I think. Man United 4, Chelsea 0. Second game of the season, Man United 1. Wolves won. The third game, a 2-1 loss to Crystal Palace. Let's fast forward a little bit. Fifth game of the season, United won, Leicester nothing. The next game, West Ham 2, United nothing. The next game, (laughs) Man United won, Arsenal won. So a point, that's good. But then you go ahead and lose to Newcastle 1-0. You tie Liverpool the next game. You beat Norwich as you should the next game. You lose to Bournemouth 1-0. Let's fast forward a little bit. A little bit, a little bit more. You beat Spurs 2-1. You beat City 2-1. You tie to Everton 1-1. You lost to Watford. You beat Newcastle. So a little bit of uh, revenge there. Um, And then you uh, lost to Arsenal. 
So if I'm looking at these results, I'm seeing a team that plays really well against the top six, really, really well, can pick up three points, is danger for three points every single time they come against the top six side. The problem with United this season, the reason that they're not sitting second or third right now is that they can't pick up points against the bottom half. If they were consistent and picked up bottom points against the bottom half, this team would be sitting in second or third place right now. And really, yeah. what does that come down to? It doesn't come down to the manager. As much as we like to say that, you know, Ollie's the problem, it's it's the players. You lost to Bournemouth 1-0. Like, you, Newcastle beat you 1-0. You know what I mean? Like, it's not Ollie out there playing. It's not no. Ollie's tactics. It's the fight of the players. I think if you allowed Ollie to actually bring in the players that he wants to, like Daniel James has been good since he brought him in. I think Martial's a waste of time. I think that the Jesse Lingard experiment needs to go out the window. I think that Marcus Rashford is okay. I don't think that he is exceptional. I don't think that he's this talismanic player that a lot of United fans think that he is. Um, I, <laughs> honest, I honestly think that if if United was more consistent, they would be a second-place team right now. I agree with you, and this was the issue that we had even last year. I mean, we lost to Huddersfield United twice last season. Twice. Yeah, that's an issue. They couldn't beat, they couldn't beat anybody last season, but they beat United. And we lost to them the season before. Um, you know, like, we lost three times in the last two years to Huddersfield United. Um and and I agree with you. That is the issue. Is that when we play top six sides, yeah, we can, you know, we can put the pressure on them. We beat City. We, you know, we we can beat these teams. Um, the problem is that when it it's almost I don't know if it's a it's a form of hubris or or what it is, but it's almost like when we play these bottom half sides, we become so enveloped in in who we are and and almost look at it as a cakewalk that we when we go out there we're kind of shell-shocked when these teams actually give us a bit of a push and it's like when you go and you play a city you almost have you you go in sort of with this mentality that you have to give it your all because these are you know amazing teams like these are you know dynasties um but i feel like you know when they go out against a bournemouth or against a watford you you go out there and you you look at them and immediately you kind of look at them as um you know teams that you're you're almost expected to be and so with that mentality the effort kind of lacks and then you like i said you you fall into this sort of form of shell shock when they you know they put one past you or they're they're all over you and you don't really know how to recover from that and i think that's where united really has a difficult time is <clears throat> when these teams kind of put the pressure on them and put them against the ropes they don't know how to recover they don't know how to sit back and, and defend cohesively and, and sort of, you know, slow the game down and control it. I feel like as soon as a team puts United on the ropes, United kind of gets lost and, and confused and, and it leads to a, a lot of issues for them. And I feel like United's best, um, you know, plays best when they have control of the game, when they, and, and I, you know, not all teams play that way, but that's, that's United. They've always been an attacking team with, you know, an attacking mentality where they, they need to be on the offensive and, you know, they, they don't do well sitting back and, and trying to hold on. Um, and I, I feel like that's sort of the one area that they really need to, um, to adjust and, and try to fix, especially looking way ahead into next season. Because I mean, let's be honest, this season, we're not catching Liverpool. We're not catching city, um, I mean, we'll be lucky if we, you know, catch 
anybody in the top four. I think that you know fifth fifth place is a is a is a, is, is lucky for us right now. So I'm I'm kind of just holding out hope for Europa League again. I think what um, United needs is they need that that killer instinct. Honestly, if Zlatan hadn't gone to what AC Milan, yep, I would say he'd be the perfect signing for United because he's not afraid to grab those players and tell them exactly what to do in order to win the game. Yep. And that's where Roy Keane was one of the best players in United. He's got to be one of the best players in United history because he was the kind of player that would grab you on the field. He doesn't care if he embarrasses you. He's going to grab you on the field and tell you exactly what you're doing wrong and how to fix it. And he's going to get the best out of you every single game. It was a mixture of the leadership of those teams as well as Sir Alex Ferguson that made United into what they are. So, I mean... We can't we can't put a tactical blame on Ollie when he doesn't have the players that are backing him up. He doesn't have the players that are willing to leave everything out on the pitch, and I think he needs to find that. And that's hopefully what this transfer window is going to be about. Um, and we're going to see. And I, I know that there's been some talk that United are ready to splash some money to to sort of bring in uh, a players with that kind of killer instinct. So uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to look back and see if any changes have been made. Um, but before we talk about, because let's be honest, a lot of the talk this season is going to be about Liverpool and their you know amazing run of form. I mean. 20 games played, 19 wins, one draw, 58 points. They're they're running away with the league. Uh, and we will talk about that in one second. But can we just quickly give a shout-out to Brendan Rodgers and Leicester? Because, I mean, this team, they won the Premier League a couple years ago. You know, everybody saw it as a one-off. You know, expected them to continue to be a middle-of-the-pack table. The last couple of seasons, you know, we've seen some brilliance from them. But they, they kind of were that middle-of-the-pack table. But, I mean, now they're sitting in second place you know, 21 games played, 14 wins, three draws, four losses, uh, with 45 points. Um, and what a phenomenal story that is. I mean, Brendan Rodgers comes in, you know, turns his team around. They're they're fun team to watch. And, uh, you know, I, I know that the story obviously is going to be about Liverpool and when Liverpool most likely win the league, you know, barring some unfortunate collapse, um, you know, that's going to be the conversation. But I, I think that we should give uh, some shout out to, to Leicester City for what they've done so far this season. Well, I think Leicester, they, they've done what, I mean, comparably, they've done almost the same as what Liverpool has done when it comes to scoring goals and not allowing goals. Um, that's one of the big issues of the other teams in 3, 4, 5, and 6 is that they're allowing too many goals. You know, Leicester have allowed less than 20 goals this season. Uh, and they've scored over 40. You know, for all the goals that City scores, they also let in quite a few. I know it's only, they've only let in 24 City, but I mean, they, they obviously haven't had the same defensive prowess that they have in years past. Um, and, you know, then you've got Chelsea United and Spurs sitting around plus six and seven for the goal differential. So there's a big gulf in defensive talent there. Um, so I think Leicester, Leicester's done well to kind of really, uh, really get their defensive um, tactics on point. I mean, Cash versus Michael's been amazing. I think Ben Chilwell's the next England left back. He has to be. Um, Soyuncu's been amazing. Like, where did this guy come from? Have you, you, you know who I'm talking about, right? I, I, I'm not super familiar, but I, I, 
I've heard like I've 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 been watching. I've I've heard the name, but I'm not super familiar with uh, where he came from or or his backstory. Yeah, so he's <clears throat> Turkish center back, and he's already played 20 games this season. He scored this season. Um, he's been amazing. He's a great ball playing center back. Um, comfortable with the ball is at his feet. Um, it, it's been sort of a diamond in the rough that Brendan Rodgers has been able to buy. Um, and then you have the resurgence of Johnny Evans. You know, uh, yes, he's already played 21 times this season. He's been amazing. Ricardo Pereira has been amazing. So when you have a back four of um, Chilwell, Pereira, Evans, and Soyuncu, it's just been absolutely amazing. Um, I, I have like Wes Morgan hasn't even been playing, no. and Wes Morgan is arguably their best defender. Um, so Brendan Rodgers, you know, hats off to him. He's been amazing. James Madison's been amazing. Um, obviously, uh, they lost uh, um, Riyad Mahrez. Um, but then, you know, Yuri Tielemans comes in, and he's been sort of playing on a different level. Iosi Perez has been playing on a different level. And then there's obviously Jamie Vardy, who I wish, I wish hadn't retired from international play. But, you know, 17 goals and three assists in 19 appearances for Jamie Vardy. Um, yeah, so it's unreal. He's he's been playing amazing. Uh, like that's almost a goal per game, basically. It's almost a goal per game, and I mean, so unexpected. But he's he's the type of striker in the Premier League that usually does very well. You know, he's a quick, pacey striker who is kind of a fox in the box, puts a lot of pressure on the other goalkeepers. Um, you know, Robbie Keane was the same way. Um, Sergio Aguero is the same type of player. They're in the right place at the right time. Um, and then when you have Yuri Tielemans kind of finally living up to what everyone thought he was going to be, um, feeding Jamie Vardy and James Madison playing amazing as well. I mean, come on, this team is this team is built to put an actual uh, challenge in with Liverpool. I think if Liverpool slips, Leicester is going to be uh, nipping at their heels really easily. Which would be a really amazing story, and I mean, I'm always down for a title race, and so I, you know, I would not be complaining if if we had one. But I mean, with the way Liverpool's playing this year, it's hard to see them slipping. I mean, this team is pretty much perfect, if you can use that term. And <clears throat> I don't know, they just sort of find this way to pull out these results, and it it's it's sort of that championship mentality that we saw with City for so many years where even when they're having a bad game or they're having an off game they still just somehow find out find a way through um they have had some you know help with VAR um there's definitely been a few um questionable calls that have gone their way um you know there was the the Virgil van Dijk handball uh, I think it was last week, last weekend, um, you know, and, and there's been a couple, you know, questionable offside calls that have, you know, gone to assist them uh, in having goals <laughs> called back from the other team. And I assisted. mean, but that's a whole <laughs> share quotes assisted. <laughs> uh, so, but, but I also don't want to take away from the fact that this team has been doing, you know, just phenomenal work on the pitch. You know, you take away, yeah, there's been some things, you know, that have that have sort of, you know, muddied the waters a bit for them. But for the most part, I mean, it's hard to take away, you know, from the fact that this team is a championship team. And, and looking at them, it's hard to, you know, to take that away from them. 
but it's Liverpool, and I, I, it's hard for me to say anything nice about them uh, as a United fan, you know. So I'm trying my best here, but I'm gonna let you take over from here, and and you know, what what, what can you say about this team? I mean, uh, there's not really much to say. I mean, when we just talked about Ben Chilwell and Ricardo Pereira, obviously they're two very good wingbacks, but then when you've got the two best wingbacks arguably in the world right now playing with one of the best center backs in the world right now, um, you know, Andy Robertson and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold have just been amazing, uh, and they're still very, very young players. So, you know, they're only going to grow from here if they can keep this team together. This could be a run of titles, um, which is scary. It's very scary. Um, you know, the, the best defender in the world. I'm not talking about Bir- Virgil van Dijk. I'm talking about Dejan Lovren, um, yes. the self-proposed best defender <laughs> in the world. Um, no, he's only played eight times this season, so forget about him. <laughs> Joe Gomez is better, uh, and Virgil van Dijk obviously is the best defender in the world. So, I mean... <laughs> What else can you say? Defense wins That's championships, I mean. not, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you don't have good defenders, it doesn't matter how many goals you score. And we're seeing that right now with the three, four, five, and six uh, teams in the Premier League. Uh, they're they're leaking goals right now, and, and they're losing points, whereas we were just talking about it. Liverpool and Leicester City are not leaking goals. They're scoring goals. And uh, they're they're winning games. They're picking up points. I think Will Wijnaldum, even though he's getting a little bit older, he's still probably one of the best defenders in the or uh, midfielders in the Premier League. Uh, Fabinho, gotta say, probably one of the best defensive midfielders in the world right now. Um, and you just go up and down this team. You know, James Milner is the human utility knife. I think if you had him play <laughs> in goal, he would play in goal, and he'd probably get a clean sheet. Um, and then afterwards, he'd just go home and make a cup of tea and you know, uh, do some knitting or something like that. Um, this is a team that doesn't even have to play Naby Keita, a guy that Jurgen Klopp paid a lot of money for. But because Fabinho's playing so well and Wayanaldum's playing so well and James Milner's playing so well, Naby Keita's riding the bench. Um, and obviously we have to talk about Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson is a guy that I hate to love. Let's put it that way. I hate that he plays for Liverpool. I love that he's English. Um, if you saw his reaction with his dad to winning the uh, Champions League last year, um, it was basically just because he's he's a Liverpool kid, right? So, oh yeah, just having him and his dad have like that little moment was just it was uh you know something that you really start to root for a guy for, um, and obviously Jordan Henderson has fought sort of tooth and nail to keep his place in that team. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, it's paying off in spades that, that Klopp has actually given him sort of the reins and given him the captaincy and just said, like, all right, here you go. Go make the most of it. And he is. He's leading this team to arguably, uh, you know, one of the largest, I guess you could say, gaps um, in Premier League history to a title. Um, it's actually, I, I'm looking at the team now, and the amount of young players that this team has coming up is shocking compared to Spurs compared to most other players or most other teams in the I was going to say yeah compared to most other teams in general I mean it's this team is built from the bottom up it doesn't and it really it really shows and when you're looking here I mean it's just it's insane I mean this team has 
assuming that they continue to, you know, work the way they have been working, this team, you know, has the resources to, you know, become a serious dynasty. Well, it doesn't even matter, you know, who gets injured or who is unable to play or, you know, who gets suspended, anything like that. They always have, it seems to be they always have a player coming in who's able to score, who's able to produce, who's able to defend. You know, um, if if Mane goes down, you're bringing Origi, and now all of a sudden you're getting goals. Salah goes down, you're bringing, uh, you know, Shakiri, And now all of a sudden, you know, you're still scoring goals. Um, I think it was Curtis Jones who just scored his first goal. It was an amazing goal um, in the FA Cup just, uh, yes, uh, just this past Everton. weekend. Yeah, and I mean, you've got Alex Oxley's Chamberlain that can come in. Adam Lallana can come in. We talked about Naby Keita, who's been riding the bench. You know, these are international players um, who who are riding a bench right now. Um, not to mention Nathaniel Klein is out on loan right now at Bournemouth. Like, that's a guy who could start for most, I would say, most top eight clubs Yeah, in the Premier League. And he's out on loan at Bournemouth, who weren't doing that well right now. But realistically, he could come back and he could realistically start for Spurs right now if he wanted to. Um, it, it's it's just I think that Klopp has built this team the right way, um, and he's he is building off a little bit of what Brendan Rodgers had started, but um, you know he's he's built this team the right way, and it's paying off for him now. He's going to win a Premier League. I, I hate to say it, but he's going to win the Premier League unless they slip up. And it, something disastrous happens. Uh, Liverpool's going to run away and win the Premier League, and we're never going to hear the end of it from Liverpool supporters. The Chengis will come back just to make sure we never hear the end of it. So, oh, I think yeah, he'd fly back just to knock on our doors <laughs> and be like Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. But I do want to sort of wrap this up. So uh, let's quickly just look at the transfer market. Do you want to talk about the um, the the two transfers that you were kind of itching to, to discuss a little bit here yes so obviously we we're just talking about liverpool um takumi minamino yeah i know you didn't want to say that name so <laughs> sure um, did it <laughs> klopp went and bought him from uh from leipzig i'm pretty sure he bought him from uh rb leipzig is just they've been a factory of good players for the last few years so um it's not surprising that they bought him especially after how he played against them in the uh in the champions league and then uh jack rodwell signs with sheffield united jack rodwell previously unattached that's if the, if the name rings a bell it's because he's played for some pretty big clubs um in in the premier league so um we'll see what happens there but uh and then i can't believe this one i mean i can't believe the fall from grace so danny drinkwater Obviously, he secured that big move to Chelsea um, from Leicester. And everyone thought, okay, now he's going to go play in the center midfield for Chelsea for years. A um, couple injuries derailed him. Was loaned out to Burnley this past season. Uh, has been returned to Chelsea. So, obviously, Burnley felt no need for him. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see where he goes next. Um, I th- Honestly, I hate to say it, but I think... A- stint in the championship might be in his future uh, for a guy who was on the cusp of the England team um, and realistically I think he did travel with the England team to the World Cup um, to not even be wanted by Burnley 
that's uh, that's uh, that's an issue. That's rough, but I mean, I, I, nothing wrong with a sit in the championship. I mean, you know, it's it's done well for some other players, and uh, I mean, I feel like it's uh, Tammy Abraham did really really well in the championship. Um, it kind of you know is what brought him to um, the talent that we're seeing today. Yeah, James <clears> Madison, <throat> Jack Grealish, There's Jack a whole Grealish, bunch of yeah. players, yeah. So I mean, nothing wrong with that, but uh, definitely Ollie been a fall Norwood, for <laughs> yes, Sheffield United. <laughs> That's another team that uh, I'm really I can't enjoying watching it. this season. I, I'm enjoying Sheffield United a lot this season. So They did the right but, thing. Uh, they got a lot of points early to kind of, you know, pop up the standings a little bit. Um, and now they can kind of they can kind of settle back a little bit and say, okay, we got a few uh, points on the guys at the bottom there. Um, and we'll see what happens. But I'm really uh, impressed with Southampton as well. Southampton, a team that a lot of – people thought was going to go down this season uh is on a good run of form right now danny ings is scoring he's on fire i think he has 15 goals this season or something like that um and when you think jamie yeah. vardy has 17 danny ings has 15 jamie vardy is uh you know he's gone and retired from the national team danny ings i think is still in contention so you know start scoring at the right time <laughs> Well, buddy, I think that's going to do it for us here on the XI Network podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all of those podcasting uh, networks. Uh, follow us on social media at XI Network CA, uh, you know, to keep up with us on uh, our Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, and uh, our website, obviously, www.xinetwork.ca. Uh, you will find a bunch of written content by peter robinson this guy um this guy right there but uh buddy i'm so glad that we're back it's uh it's been too long yeah i feel like that one was a bit of a rusty one so i apologize to everybody listening to that yes me as well but uh we're back uh we'll be back to doing our weekly podcasts uh maybe as we get lucky maybe we we'll even get two this week and um <laughs> you know with the mls season fast approaching in a month uh it's uh there's gonna be a lot of, of footy to talk about and we'll be here to cover it so i i can't wait to be doing this with you buddy especially with all these rumors coming in with the mls jeez yes moderate to coming. dc united maybe there was uh, some discussion about that so that that would be something thick and fast that's how the yes and with a new new team coming in it's it's gonna be great i can't wait nashville yeah i want to go down and watch nashville tfc i think that'd be cool nashville and uh even inner miami i mean you know jay chapman's gone down there so yeah should be uh should be interesting i like their logo yeah. i'm not gonna lie but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that on our, on our mls logo or <laughs> absolutely and on behalf of myself justin borrow this has been peter robinson yes it has been peter robinson unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.